The Dental Download Podcast is your source for insight into dental school, conversations with dentists, specialists, and leaders in the industry. With new episodes every Monday morning, I'm your host, Haley Schultz. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. If you hear some birds chirping in the background, that's because it's early Monday morning, the day that this episode goes up. I'm recording day of because it was Easter weekend and I was spending time with family, so I didn't really have a moment to sit down and record this for you all. In terms of intro things, I don't really have any updates yet about boards. I'll probably find out if I pass towards the end of this week. And in two episodes, two solo episodes, so four weeks, I'll be doing a final episode about boards and talking about what's next in terms of post-grad plans, looking for a job and everything. And this week's episode is my typical end of semester one. So it's going to be my D3 winter recap. We're going to talk about how beginning D3 to ending D3, how my mentality has adjusted, how I'm feeling in clinic, the kind of classes we were taking, the workload, and just overall what happened this semester so you can get a look into more of my experiences in dental school. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're going to start with the classes because that's actually the shortest section of this episode which in perspective, if you go back and listen to all three semesters of D1, all three semesters of D2, the first semesters of D3, sometimes going through class by class was the bulk of these episodes. But as you know, as you go through dental school, you're taking less and less didactic classes. More of your curriculum is focused on clinical application of everything and seeing patients. But we had, it looks like, more classes than it really is but we had special care dentistry geriatrics which was only a one credit class and that was graded we had clinical neuroscience which is another one credit graded class I actually have finals for those in two days this week and then our only other classes that were lecture based was an interprofessionalism class between our dental school and the nursing, pharmacy, and medical schools. My only issue with that class, it was two credits. It was a fair amount of work. It was just busy work, really, and like a group project at the end. But my only issue with the class was that we were paired up with first-year med students and first-year nurse practitioner students. And then the pharmacy students were third years, which was nice. But I just feel like you're in such a different state stage of understanding your industry and everything when you're just starting in grad school so a lot of the assignments were like teach us about 
medicine and being a physician and they weren't even really sure how licensure or residency totally worked because they're just getting started in med school itself so hopefully in the future they change that class and you just take it in d1 year because it just didn't really make sense like we weren't all on the same page and then we also had a professionalism and practice class that was pass fail two credits so anything that's pass fail it doesn't really matter how many credits it is because it doesn't count towards your gpa it's more so just the workload like it was two mornings per week so that's why it was two credits and then that professionalism class was two credits because it was two hours every Wednesday on a live Zoom. But the professionalism and practice class I liked a lot. That's kind of when people say dental school doesn't teach you about practice management or important things you need to know to be an owner, to work as a dentist. I would say that's not necessarily true. We definitely have had several practice management or practice and professionalism classes throughout dental school. Are they the most helpful is more the question you should be asking. And I feel like they're very introductory level, like just by people I've had on my own podcasts or other podcasts or books I've read, I've learned more than I did in a 50-minute lecture from an insurance guy, especially because you have lunch and learns through through like your student organizations too on the same topics. So I'm not sure it was necessarily, in my opinion, a finishing third-year level of curriculum. Like we didn't have tests or anything. All you had to do was show up and listen to the lectures and the attendance was taken but I still felt like it was fairly basic so hopefully they level it up a little for the future or give you like a self-guided option where you can just like write little what I learned about this by doing your own practice and professionalism CE or reading a book or something that you kind of want to go beyond what the curriculum's teaching I think would be a good way for them to up that course a little bit but it's still nice to have non-clinical courses that are preparing you for working as a dentist and our last class I believe is our treatment planning seminar that's a graded one credit class technically we just had the class every Monday morning but it was not mandatory attendance he just went over the he just went over questions people had about the case and then the actual case review for the week was always a posted video so that wasn't even discussed during the lecture unless people had questions the lecture was more like office hours so most people didn't really go to that unless you had specific questions and then you would watch the review video about the case that we had to turn in the week prior and Essentially, you'd get all the subjective and objective phase, all the data from the clinical exam. You'd have the perio chart, all the radiographs, clinical photos, chief concern, clinical findings, and then you'd have to do a comprehensive treatment plan, start to finish any extraction of hopeless teeth, any urgent care phase, disease control, managing their periodontal needs, eventually into prosthodontics and rehabilitation phase, and explaining why you do all that. And also there was a couple questions about looking at their overall systemic health and if that's increasing any risk factors or any modifications that you'll need to make during treatment. And then the last question was about what instruction would you give the specific patient for improving their oral health so whether that would be oral hygiene instruction for home with demonstrations or doing like a Prevodent prescription or maybe smoking cessation just like depended patient by patient and also their level of 
interest in their oral health and like meeting them where they're at not expecting someone to floss every day if they haven't flossed in 50 years so it's really good practical skills and I felt like it prepared me well for my boards as well which I liked and I'm pretty sure we have the same class again fourth year but in a nutshell we had treatment planning Monday mornings 8 a.m to 9 to 8 50 and then we had professionalism and practice Tuesday Thursday mornings 8 a.m to 8 50 Wednesday we didn't have a class until the afternoon we weren't allowed to see afternoon patients on Wednesdays because we had geriatrics at 1 p.m neuroscience at 2 p.m and then professionalism from 3 to 5 so that took up our whole Wednesday afternoons and then Friday mornings I don't think did we have a class I don't think so (laughs) maybe we did and I'm just forgetting it but That was basically the bulk of our, oh, we had a class for our um, external rotations on Friday mornings, and it wasn't every single week. It was just certain weeks, and some weeks we were working on group projects about social determinants of health, so that's why I'm forgetting it, because we only met probably five times a semester. Other times it was outside of class work, and other times we were meeting to talk about how our external rotations will work for fourth year, and other times we were meeting to talk about the digital ventures workflow instead of using all of the steps that we do now with like wax try-ins and wax rims and jaw relations. There's more digital ways that a lot of offices do it and our external rotation sites do it, so they wanted us to learn that workflow before we go out into these clinics and are only knowing the old school traditional way of doing things. And besides that, the rest of our classes were clinical. So it says we have about 19 credits of non-pathways classes or non-elective classes. And then I was also in the orthodontics elective, which I think is maybe like three credits or something. So it's probably in around 21 credits. But the rest of those that I didn't read off to you, it's six credits from our clinic grade, which comes from... A breakdown of our periodontics grade, meeting our test cases, our operative grade, a summary of your test cases, and your prosthodontics grade, a summary of all your test cases, and then your practice management professionalism grade, which is determined by your patient care coordinator. So that's a mix of good documentation with your patient contact notes, not putting in requests that don't make sense and like annoying your PCC, doing your daily feedback after each patient encounter to get feedback from your faculty, turning things in on time, correct self-evaluations, and also your assisting of classmates. So that's kind of what makes up that six credit grade. And then we also had all of our rotations. Some of them were graded and then most of them were pass-fail. So we had oral surgery that was graded at the dental school for 2.5 credits and that was just one, maybe it was two weeks. I think it was only one week though where we were paired up with a D3. No, it was two weeks. We were paired up with a D4 and I really liked that because it made me feel more confident in the moment, but it was so long ago. I'm pretty sure I did it at the start of fall semester. So I haven't done any extractions really since then. And then my external rotation D3 year, which we just do two days at a free clinic compared to our four weeks we do a semester and fourth year, but it's supposed to kind of get you acclimated and adjusted to the process of an external rotation and being in a new clinic and what that all looks like even though every single one runs differently but I did do some extractions at that clinic too but it's been a long time basically and I wish 
I was up there more often. Now that I've done the rotation, I'm allowed to go up there and do extractions. But honestly, I just don't want to do them on my own patients because I'm not as confident yet. And I don't want them to have a bad experience with me and then like lose trust in my clinical abilities. So I'd rather be doing it on other people's patients or patients that I'm not going to see again. Even though you have help to get through it and everything, I just want to feel more competent before I'm working on my own patients who I feel competent doing their restorative needs. And I'm not worried about really messing up those. I don't want to have a situation where I'm worried about messing something up for someone that I'm supposed to be building a trusting clinical care relationship with. I'm sure that can make sense. And then we had our hospital dentistry rotation, which I've talked to you all about, I believe, that one is two weeks. The first week I was on oral and maxillofacial surgery week, which is, again, shadowing those residents at the hospital for one whole week. You don't go into the patient clinic at all, and you are excused from classes and everything, and you're really just immersed in what it's like to work in the hospital setting. So those OMFS residents were doing all kinds of really, really intense procedures and surgeries. So you would go into the operating room and observe them and kind of ask questions to the residents, to the lead surgeons, to the nurse practitioners, just about the patient case. You'd have different write-ups you would have to do that were part of your ability to pass the class. And then the second week was hospital dentistry, working with our GPR residents at our med in clinic at the hospital, which is more so medical clearances for patients that are going to undergo any kind of cancer treatment. Um, and then there was also a lot of special needs tra- treatment for patients with special needs. So that could be anything from a profi that the hygienist there was doing, or our GPR residents might have been doing extractions or fillings or stainless steel crowns. It wasn't that exciting. I think. I really enjoyed OMFS. It was really amazing to see, but the Medin clinic just kind of felt like any other dental clinic shadowing. We didn't really do any work on the patients themselves. You were just assisting or there was an assistant and you just stand it and observed. So it really wasn't all that exciting, but it was cool to see dentistry in a new setting for sure. And OMFS, we did get a chance to help out with um, certain things. I guess it was technically hospital dentistry week, but we were in the operating room in the day call clinic. I enjoyed that probably the most. Sorry, I'm going like all over the place. It's because I'm trying to recall all this information. But hospital dentistry week, you did three things. You did the med-in clinic for a couple days. You did one day of day call, and then you did one day in the operating room with the GPR resident. And that was the day that was cool because we got to help while the patient was sedated. We either did restorations or extractions with the assistant of the residents. So that was nice that we weren't only suctioning and standing there or just standing and observing. You were able to actually do some work, and that made it more exciting. Same with the day call. I didn't do any work, but some of my classmates got to do extractions and stuff on day call as well and that one was fun because you were just running all over the hospital doing checks for patients that had problems that day or the day before or you were bringing people in to our little hospital dentistry room to do treatment okay two more rotations to talk about see I said that this wasn't going to be a long part of the podcast but here we are like halfway through of the podcast time So this other rotation was pediatrics, and now this one feels like forever ago because I did that first semester of D3. And it's crazy because I feel like D3 went so quick. Like, 
a lot happened, but not a lot happened. And now it's just like over. But then when I do these episodes and recap everything, I'm like, whoa, like so much has happened. And I mean, I came in never having worked on a real person before. And now I've done a ton of work on real people. I'm going to try to grab my paperwork that my faculty coach gave me when we talk about clinic because I think it says how many of each procedure I've done and that might be like interesting for you guys but pediatrics I don't even remember that much I know I've talked about it in previous semester recaps so you can go back and listen to that this is really becoming like an entire year recap in terms of rotations because you don't do all of these in the same semester the only one that I had this semester was the hospital dentistry and then The next two that I'm going to talk about, radiology and ortho, you do all year long and just a couple times a semester. So technically, I also did these across the semester. So we had the ortho class that everyone was in where we learned more about clinical records. And then in the end, we ended up scanning each other with the iTero and doing a smile redesign and arch form of a classmate. And then our final OSCE was redesigning our own smile with arch form and we also had like a patient case OSCE as well at the end of that session to finish off that orthodontics class and as I said I was in an elective class that met once a month Tuesday nights for orthodontics as well that was an additional thing that only about 40 of us were doing compared to this class at 130 our entire class was involved in. And then the radiology was presenting patient cases and being graded on that as test cases. And then also our last session for winter semester is going to be CBCT interpretation. I tried to get into a CBCT interpretation elective class for fourth year, but there's only three or four spots and they were full. I logged on like five minutes after the sign up opened and they were already full. So I'm on a wait list for it, but I haven't heard anything. So I would assume that there's no wait list and they're not expanding the size of the class, unfortunately. But that is a little bit about all the rotations that we did from all of D3, but specifically the ones I had this semester were hospital dentistry and then a little bit of radiology and a little bit of ortho since those are every single semester. And that made up our 21-ish credits that I was taking in D3 on top of seeing patients for morning session and afternoon session monday through friday except wednesday and we could only see four patients per week plus a maximum of two additionals but a lot of times i didn't get those additionals in because they could only be last minute requests if there was a chair open and at least most of d3 i didn't really have patients that needed that but come winter semester i was able to utilize that rule more and i was able to see maybe five patients a week because i had a couple patients that were between jobs so they were a lot more flexible and they needed a lot of restorative work done so if i had a cancellation or just if a chair opened up i could usually get them in but that's nicely segueing into our clinical for d3 so let's go ahead and talk about that now Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
So I believe a couple episodes ago I talked about test cases and how those have played out this year, so I don't really want to talk about that in this episode just for the sake of time. But overall reflecting on how clinic has gone and then we'll talk about how many of each procedure type I've done, especially because I feel like that's kind of a hot topic in the dental like blog Facebook group space right now. All those anonymous posts going on and like dental nachos of people bashing on their school. I that's like sad, but it's nice that pre-dents can get more exposure. But anytime you see something like that, this is just a side note. I would totally, totally, totally take it with a grain of salt because what I'm telling you, even from my own school, I have classmates that finished their graduation requirements a year early. (laughs) And then there's fourth years now that are staying a whole month late because they didn't finish. So it's not like D4 has had a bad experience and my class is better. That's why people finished. Like it's the same thing every year and at every school. There's some students of my 130 that so, so, so regret choosing to come here or are really struggling. And then there's students that are so happy here and are doing great. And then there's students like me that are happy here. Everything's good. And I'm not blown out of the water. I'm not left behind. I'm just in the middle. I'm doing good. I'm doing fine. And that's probably majority of the people. But the people... It's like a restaurant review or something. The people that are posting these anonymous stories about their school, they're the ones that are having the terrible experience. And that doesn't mean that they're not having it and that it's not true and that it's not valuable and that their experience is not important. But you can't assume that is the story for 100 plus people. So if you're a pre-dent listening, obviously get perspectives from as many students as you can at a school because they're going to be different. Especially for me as someone that I have a lot of family that lives in Michigan, obviously that makes things easier or friends and all that. But my classmates, some of them that I know that struggle is because their families across the country in California or something. So there's so many different perspectives to gather and you want to find someone that's more relatable to your specific situation. But that's kind of a side note. (laughs) I just don't want you seeing all those posts and being like, wow, I guess I really can't go to X dental school because this one person only did three extractions in dental school. Like that doesn't mean anything. I'm looking at this paper right now and I'm going to read off to to you how many of everything I've done. It claims I've done 14 extractions, but this doesn't count the stuff I've done on external rotation. So I've done, I think, 17 technically but I don't feel competent in extractions, even though I've done 17. And oh, I guess I did the ones at the hospital too. I did four then. So I guess I've done 21 extractions, <laughs> but like, I don't feel like competent in extractions, even though I've done 21. And someone that might've done three might feel better than me because maybe they had really great teaching or they were really challenging ones versus most of mine were periodontally compromised and pretty easy to pull out. So it's, all so relative, especially when you're talking about experiences on real people. And this says I've done three surgical extractions, but I haven't because it's completed in my name in the system, but the faculty came in and did it because they don't let us use a surgical handpiece. So they might report that to people that our students have done this many surgical extractions on average, but I didn't do it. I don't know how to do it. They're not teaching me how to do it. So take everything with a grain of salt, whatever you're hearing, because it's going to be so, so different for every single person at everything, every single school because they're having real clinical experiences on real patients. So it's you can't standardize it. You can't make it exactly the same for everyone. And you just have to try to do as much as you can, get as much experience across a wide range of things as you can, challenge yourself, push yourself out there when 
you think you want faculty to come finish something, at least try a little bit more yourself. But it's a really big balancing game, I would say, of clinic of being aware of your own abilities and not pushing the limits too much where anyone's in harm, obviously. But if you have faculty or an upperclassman come and finish something every single time, how are you ever going to gain the confidence that you can do it? You can problem solve, you can work through it. I have had so many, not so many, but probably like three or four situations where I was just so stressed and freaked out in a patient case because problems were happening, issues were happening, whether it was a pulp exposure or I couldn't get a tooth out or I could not see the area I was trying to work on to get this filling material in, whatever it may be, or I didn't have an assistant. But most of the time, I worked through it. Sometimes I had the faculty help me, but most of the time I worked through it and problem solved. And now if that ever comes up, I'm a lot more competent and I feel like I can handle it and I know how to work through it because I pushed myself. And that's definitely one of the biggest advice I would give you going into clinic. Obviously, earlier on, you're not pushing yourself as far because you're just getting started. But especially towards the end of D3, you really want to work to act like, what would I do in this appointment if I didn't have to get faculty checks? Do I think there's still carries here or not? Would I stop and fill it? Or would I keep going? Like calling them over, do you think I'm ready to fill? No, you should know. And maybe you're going to be wrong sometimes, but you should be confident in your decision making. Same thing. Oh, there might be flash here. I'll just have them come look. And then if it's good, I'll polish it. No, like if you think there's flash there, there's flash there. Like trust your instincts, trust the skills that you've learned. So that's a lot of my takeaway from clinic and starting off I think I especially told you all that I had a really slow transition into clinic I did a lot of exams and cleanings which is hard for me to believe because I'm pretty sure that this is saying I've only done 35 cleanings which I mean maybe I've only done 35 but it feels like I've done 100 (laughs) which probably not this is probably accurate so it says that I have done for non-composite restorations that might be like a GI or something of the sort or amalgam, but I know I haven't done any amalgam. So something that wasn't composite resin basically because of isolation problems. And then I've done five bite splints. I've done one complete upper denture and I have three in process right now. And then I have two planned for D4 year. And I've done 50 exams, woohoo, that's a lot of what I did in the summer, and I have another one coming up tomorrow, even though it's the end of the semester, so anytime you get a new patient, you're doing an exam, obviously. And I've done 14 extractions at school, like I said, which means I've done, I think counting all the other ones, I said it was around 21. And same for fillings and exams and cleanings, I've done some stuff on external rotation too that I'm just not going to count unless I remember it as we're going through. The next thing was surgical extractions. It says I've done three. As I explained to you, they're in my name, but I didn't actually use the surgical handpiece and take the tooth out. So I don't really feel like I have done any. I have done three crowns. I'm delivering one more this week, though, so that'll make it four. Um, As I said, 35 profies, 149 credits of other things. I don't know what that includes. I think it would be like we get... 0.25 credits for bite wings or for clinical photos so it's probably a combination of a lot of radiographs and maybe fluoride we get 0.1 credits or something for putting fluoride on after a profi so it's probably adding up for all those random things and then I've done four appointments of perio maintenance I've done 24 composite restorations at the school 
but I know I've done probably three or four on my external rotation and I don't think I've done any since this chart was made though and I don't have any planned this week I guess I have one plan this week so I guess it'll be 25 plus 3 so that's 28 ish at the end of d3 which I wish it was more but I literally only did two fillings all summer so I mean since then I feel like that's pretty good that's over 10 per semester and I've done a lot of those are class twos like a lot probably half are class twos which is really good experience because at first I was really struggling I couldn't get my cervical margin to seal or I wasn't getting a good contour and contact but I kind of figured out what supplies I like to use that the school offers and that I like to use flowable tiny tiny bit at the bottom of the cervical margin just like where the band is and put that in there lightly with my explorer and then cure that and then pack with the packable but that's really the only way I've been able to get a good seal because I find when I'm condensing down the packable composite it's pulling out a little bit on your instrument even if you warm the composite even if your instrument has alcohol on it and it's clean I just find that it sticks so that's what I like to do if you've been struggling with class twos on patients but I do hear from some faculty they don't like that because there can be like micro gaps between the two composites but you know that can happen with packable too if you're layering so teach their own I guess and then RPDs I have done two um, both were mandibular actually no one's upper one's lower and then I have done temporary RPDs so that's like a flipper basically people that were missing a front tooth in the meantime while they're waiting for an implant didn't want to be missing a front tooth so I have done three flippers two were for number eight and one was for number six and then I've done three, I'm assuming this is SRP, it says SCRPQ, probably like SRP per quadrant maybe, three quads of SRP, and this is all totaled to around 500-ish credits because it's about 480 of graduation credits, and then we get credits when our hygiene student that we work with does perio maintenance or profies on our patients and I think I have about 12 from referring and them completing the treatment and then I also have some credits from doing assists in the grad perio surgeries which we get credits for all the other specialty clinics you don't get any credits sometimes you get a normal assist but a lot of times you don't get anything which I think they should change in terms of experience that the students that want to specialize should be getting credits for spending time in the specialty clinics because that's still clinical experience and especially if they're going to be an endodontist why is their experience in the endo clinic not valued i understand there should be a majority like 700 of our 900 credits should have to come from general dentistry in our patient clinic because they're graduating as a general dentist not as an endodontist i get it but they should be able to get a certain amount of credits from the specialty clinic so I don't really like that but we're required to do three of those perio surgery assists to graduate I've done four total already um I didn't get to do any this semester because I've been so busy which honestly we're already like running out of time for this episode so we'll make the last little update quick but overall I'm finishing with a little over 500 credits as of this week but this is our last week of treating patients and I have seven appointments so I'll probably be like 510 because I'm not doing a lot of work this week 520 and we need 900 to graduate the class below us I think needs a 1200 maybe they're upping the requirements back closer to what it was pre-pre-covid we're not quite at the covid level we're like a post-covid buffer level and they're going back to the normal clinical requirements but I don't think they're going to have any problem reaching that 
So that's basically what's been going on in clinic. I would say overall, I feel like I'm much more confident. I'm super excited for fourth year to be able to see more patients per week, to have a busy schedule, to go on those external rotations. There's so much uncomfortableness that comes with being in clinic, even now that I feel more comfortable. Anytime you're doing something for the first time, it just sucks. You don't feel confident. You feel like you're second guessing yourself. You feel like you shouldn't even be there. You feel nervous. You don't want to do anything wrong, but you work through it. And that's why we have faculty there. That's why you can try to find upperclassmen or classmates that have done it before to mentor you through it. And that's what it's all about. And now I feel like I've done a little bit of everything for the most part, especially now I had a bunch of denture experience this semester. They're not all finished yet, but I've started a bunch of dentures. So that also makes me feel a lot more confident because I hated them because I didn't know how to do it. But now I feel like I'm kind of getting it now and it's not so bad. And that's kind of how it is for everything. That's how it was for class twos. That's how it is now for dentures. Anterior restorations and other ones weren't ever really that difficult for me, but even like anesthesia the first couple months of clinic. And once I did oral surgery rotation, I felt like I got a lot better at anesthesia. Like it just gets better and it gets better pretty quickly. You're going to be surprised if you're nervous about clinic and you're about to start. I think you're going to be surprised at how quickly you learn and how quickly you improve. Obviously, I'm not ready to graduate now and go work in an office independently. Of course not, because I still have a whole year of clinic left, but it's really night and day how much more confident you feel once you get more repetition of everything. And I think in previous episodes, I had talked about that that's one of the hardest things of clinic is that you're not in control of your repetition versus in pre-clinic, you can go in and practice something four or five times before you're practical and you've got it. But it took me a whole year to do enough reps, we can say, of a class two to feel competent in it. A whole year. And that's frustrating because all the time up till now where I was struggling and doubting myself and upset and frustrated and taking so long and all these negative things, I had no control over. And that's just the process and you have to just kind of lean into it and keep trying your best and keep self-critiquing and trying to get better, trying little different people's techniques every time to find what you like it's just all part of the process and it can be a lot when you're in it but looking back reflectively I feel like it all works out and that's why dental school works and why people can graduate and go from not knowing anything about dentistry to being safe beginners to work on patients in the real world and I think we're just going to do one more quick segment to end off this episode I'm going to save some of the other things I wanted to talk about for that episode, two solo episodes from now, where we talk about my INBDE results and what's kind of coming up next. So I just want to talk a little bit about what I'm doing in terms of student orgs, and then we will wrap up the episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's funny that I'm like apologizing that this episode is long because I mean podcasts are meant to be long and chatty and especially my solo episodes you guys know I love to catch up and chat with you all but this will be a quick final segment of our episode today and I just want to give an update of what I'm doing for my 
extracurriculars. I know I was like, man, I'm going to slow down and not as much going on. But I ended up applying for a national position for ASDA. And if you follow my Instagram at Haley Schultz Dental, I did a little post recapping what the spring council meeting was like. But essentially, the national leadership includes about 40 people. So there's the executive committee, which is the president and the two vice presidents and the speaker of the house and our director nancy honeycutt and then there's all the trustees for the 11 districts which are kind of like regions grouping up several different dental schools anywhere from like six to eight dental schools in each district and then there's all of us including myself that are the different committees or councils they're called councils so i'm on the council of communications there's a council on governance there's a council on professional issues there's a council on membership and there's an editorial board and all of those have kind of a chair or director and then they have students that are associates like myself so i'm an associate on the council of communications with one other co-associate two video production managers and one chair and then we have one staff liaison per council so if you want to see how that all worked you can watch that reel it was such a fun weekend and I was a little nervous not gonna lie because I knew my friend Joe at Ohio State who I've had on two podcasts he's great it's at future Dennis Joe on Instagram but you can look up Joe Linzer and my podcast we've kind of hashed it out about OSU versus Michigan our experiences and it's been fun to see each other progress through dental school but we have a few episodes about that if you're curious for OSU and Michigan experiences and then he's the speaker of the house which is so cool I don't know the last time someone from district six was on executive committee like it's probably been forever so I was so proud of him and then I obviously knew our district six trustee because I've gone to district six things and been involved with that previously but I only knew two people of like 38 other people And I was definitely nervous. I didn't know my roommate. She was, again, my co-associate on our council, which made sense that we were paired together, but I didn't know her going into it. And I just met so many amazing people. And again, they're national, so it's dental schools all around the country. We got to kind of compare our experiences and talk about people's goals for the future and just like opinions and outlooks on things affecting dentistry and their goals for their positions and how we're going to be helping ASDA towards its strategic plan and everything and it was just really really fun and empowering and it's always just fun to connect with dental students at other programs and I loved it in short so that's something I'm going to be working on my position just started at spring council so it's going to be for a year so till about annual session of D4 year which is in February so that's when I'll be done with that position and likewise we turned over our presidency roles for our as a chapter around annual session so we did it January so we had time to transition before annual session so that's when I became immediate past president so I will be our immediate past president up until January and then our current president Molly will become immediate past president then and our events coordinator slash what's president-elect I think is the term we're kind of working on transitioning our titles of things so our current d1 that's going to become a d2 is our president-elect events coordinator so she will become president and I will become no specific title just a member at that point in January of next year but right now I serve as kind of a mentoring role as our executive board needs it and that's everything for us. I don't have a district position. I wanted to, again, try to scale back. I told Michaela, our District 6 trustee, if she needed anything, I'd be happy to help. But 
I, again, it's so fun to be in leadership and to meet other people and to be involved in ASDA. I wanted as many people as possible to be on District 6 cabinet. So I didn't want to take up a spot when I don't need to. And there's probably other people that really want to do it. I don't see why I would have applied. So I don't have any position for our district this year. And the other thing that I'm doing is Academy of General Dentistry. I've been a member for the past three years, but I decided to run for vice president and work with one of my good friends, Laura. She's going to be the president this year. My roommate was president last year, so I felt like I was like a pseudo executive board. Not that I helped with anything, but I kind of heard all the things that they went through as a group through her. So I feel like I know a lot about the organization and their goals and their struggles in terms of our chapter. So I'm hoping with that that we can get more connected to the National Academy of General Dentistry for the state of Michigan and just overall because I feel like most chapters at schools are supposed to be getting support from the national level or their state level to have more programming and everything and benefits for their members, just getting them more plugged in. So we're meeting tomorrow during lunch with our new board to kind of hash all that out. But I'm excited because as you know, I want to be a general dentist. I want to be involved in AGD when I graduate. And I'm very interested in the fellowship of AGD or master's of AGD. You can look into what all that entails, but getting a master's of AGD is a thousand credit hours over X amount of years for continuing education. And then getting the fellowship, I think is like maybe six or 700. So it's a lot of clinical training, but it's basically something you can add to your resume and you can say that only 8% of general dentists have a mastership of AGD and that can be something that entices patients to come work with you because you went above and beyond in terms of your clinical training. So it's definitely something I'm considering in the future but also if I'm not going to be practicing clinically as much and I'm more of a business owner, I don't really know why I would do that but if I'm going to be training a lot of associates at my practices, I want to be as skilled as possible. So that's something I'm keeping my eye on. And one of the reasons I'm really interested in Academy of General Dentistry in terms of being a member as a dentist in the future. And the only other organization that I was a leader for was Christian Dental Association. I was one of our Bible study leaders, myself and three others, but we don't have fourth years as leaders for that because we're out of the building so much, like those four weeks of external rotation or interviewing for jobs. So it just doesn't really make sense for us to be leaders. So I'm still going to be a member of that, go to our biweekly Bible studies when I'm around and everything, but I'm not going to be a leader anymore. And I'm still a member of a handful of other organizations, but I just wanted to update in terms of responsibilities and leadership, what I'm going to be up to for fourth year. And that is everything for this end of D3 slash D3 winter semester recap. I hope you all enjoyed. And next week, we're going to have an awesome guest. And then I will be back talking about conferences and dental school for a solo episode. And then we will have another guest. And then we will do that long awaited. What's next? Did I pass my INBDE? All of that. If you just follow my Instagram, I'm sure you would know if I passed or not because I'm probably going to be posting it this week. But if you want to wait, you'll be waiting four weeks. So thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. I will talk to you next Monday.